Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Let me just pray for us and then I will get into our word this morning. So, Father God, we thank you so much for who you are, God. And we thank you that um, as we celebrate today, as we celebrate um, the incredible fathers, God, that we recognize you um, as our incredible father. And we thank you, God, that this morning, whether we are in this place and we have had good fathers, whether we're in this place and we have had um, maybe not the best representation of fatherhood, God, we thank you that you are consistent Um to all of us, God, and that you as our Heavenly Father are the perfect representation of um, what a dad is supposed to be, God. So we look to you this morning. Father God, I ask that you come and you transform lives, that you transform hearts, and that this morning we leave changed because of you and because of our encounter with you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Awesome. So I have a father. Yes, he is here. My papa. Hello. <laughs> so I have a photo on the screen. So my dad is an incredible dad. He's a dad to both me and my sister, and she also runs our kids. Um, and I have another photo. So that's on our, my wedding day with my wonderful daddy. Um, so I have had the incredible privilege of having a really, really fantastic present dad. Um, I have the most incredible memories of my dad. I even remember um, when he used to come home from work, he used to do, we had these like dad games that he always used to play with us. And so he'd come home from working, he's an accountant, he'd go work nine to five, he'd come home to these two little girls being like, daddy, 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 do the tree, do the tree. And he'd still even sometimes be dressed up in his work gear and what the tree was, is he would stand there with his arms, with his big strong arms and us, my sister and I as little girls would come and crawl up him and crawl up all on his head like this and he would hold us like a tree. And then what he would do is he'd start to sway and be like, oh no, the wind is coming. And we'd be cleaning on going, oh no, it's going to fall. And then eventually the tree would crash onto the bed and fall and we'd end up giggling and like he'd tickle us. And it was just such a beautiful memory of a dad that was just present. <laughs> just a dad that was present. It was so great. Even like we grew up on the farm, um, such an incredible childhood. And I've got the most beautiful memories of going out on the farm with dad. And, you know, he taught us how to like do the cattle stuff and how to like just be on the farm and things like that. And I always remember him as well. I was telling Benara about this recently, actually, that one of the things that I remember was one of my fondest memories of my dad is he used to take me to netball. Every Saturday morning when I was in when I was in high school, I used to do netball and that was our thing. Every Saturday morning he'd take me to netball and I loved it because he'd be on the sideline. He didn't just drop me off and then drive away. He would stay there with all the netball mums and he would be there and he would be watching me and cheering me on and then we'd get like, you know, a sausage sizzle afterwards and We'd drive home and he'd talk about the game and say, you did this really good, Charlotte. And yeah, next time, like, and he'd kind of like, you know, give me pointers and things like that. But that's been such a beautiful memory of like my dad and I. Um, he's also taught me about culture and traveling and the world. Um, I've been blessed to be able to be taken um, all over the world with him. And I think he never, 
He was never somebody that said, you know, oh, well, you girls will stay home or you girls will, you know, Mark, it will be, you know, um, mum and I will go travelling. He always included us in everything, even family dinners. I remember even if they had friends over, we were never on the kids' table. Like he wanted us around. He wanted to include us. So that was my incredible upbringing of my dad. Um, I'm so proud of him as my dad. I'm so proud that I've had that experience of him. And then I got married and I inherited a second dad. So this is my second dad. Yes. And I think we have another photo. Yes, wonderful. So I have another dad, my father-in-law, who is here this morning, my wonderful father and mother-in-law. Um, and what I admire so much about my father-in-law is he just straight away, straight away welcomed me into the family, um, treated me like a daughter. He already has a beautiful daughter, but I felt very blessed that I got to be included um, so generously into their family. And some of my favourite memories with him is just our really long God conversations. You know, sometimes Bernard and I go down and visit them and, you know, just sitting up with him and hearing his heart and hearing him talk about the things of God and him being so open and generous with me. And then that photo that we had up before, he taught me how to pump for nippers. I had never done that before, but we pumped for nippers. Yeah, see, that's our little nipper. If anyone has ever done that before, it's actually very fun. And then from that, we went fishing, my very first time fishing. Um, he took Bernard and I out in his boat and such a good memory, such a good memory to have with my father-in-law and I love that. He's also been teaching me about gardening. Sometimes I'll send him photos of stuff I found, find in my garden. I'm like, is this a weed? Do I replant it? Like, what do I do with this? Um, so he's teaching me things as well. And like I said, I think that I have had such a blessed upbringing with my actual father and now with my father-in-law and I think... Today, for me, it's quite an easy day because to celebrate them is such an easy thing. Um, and like I said before, I know that this day can be difficult for some of us. Some of us haven't had the best representations of a father or we have and maybe they're not with us anymore. Maybe they've passed away. But my heart today is not just to brag and boast about my earthly fathers, um, but to talk about our heavenly father. Because like I said, my experience... Um, it's a very blessed one. It's a very privileged one. But I also know that my ultimate father and who I get, I guess, all of my identity from is my heavenly father. Um, my earthly fathers are beautiful and fantastic and I love them. But at the end of the day, I am who I am because of my relationship with him. Um, and so this morning, I hope that you feel encouraged. I hope that you feel blessed. I hope that you feel closer to your heavenly father because of this morning. Um, more than anything, that is my heart. So we are going to turn to Psalm 18. If you have your words with you, your Bibles, your Bible apps, we would get this. Does anyone want to wear this as we, as I, I'm like, I feel like it needs to be like draped. Don't, maybe not. We got it. So Psalm 18. 
And for me, I know it's like a little bit <laughs> risque to say, um, but this is one of my favourite psalms and it has been for a couple of years now. And it's, it's the psalm that David wrote when he was delivered from the hand of Saul. So he went through a season where he was being tested and Saul's armies were after him. And then this is the moment where he gets delivered from that situation and he gets rescued. And I, I've come across this psalm so many times and I feel like God always speaks to me something new about him and who he is as a father. This is the only psalm that we're going to today. We're just going to go through it. I'm just going to pick out little bits of it. But it's so beautiful the way that the journey of the psalm goes of David acknowledging who God is, calling out to God, what God does to rescue him and then the end result of it. And I think ultimately there's so many different things that I could talk about when it comes to the Father God. Like there's so many different aspects of his character and his nature. Um, but this psalm I think is just a beautiful journey of the way that he deals with us. So Psalm 18 verse 1 to 2, let's read it together. It says, I love you Lord my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. So who the Father is, just really simply who the Father is. And this is who he is to me and who he wants to be to you. And I think sometimes, you know, we can relate to the Holy Spirit because sometimes we can feel him and we can sense his presence and sense his discernment. We can relate to Jesus like a brother and like a friend, but sometimes there's, it's difficult for some people to relate to God the Father because I think we take so much of our perspective of who God is based off what we've been shown in our earthly sense. And so our filters can be wrong. And sometimes we see the Father God as, you know, aggressive or, you know, really disciplinary or really harsh or maybe absent because that's what we've experienced. But this is truly who the Father is. And I love that it says he's my strength. Um, he's my rock, my fortress. That means he's my protection. He's my safe place. He's my deliverer. He's my helper. Um, he's my refuge. He's a place of safety. You know, God is is a place of safety. And like I said before, your earthly fathers might not have represented this very well at all. Um, but God the Father is somebody that you can find safety in. He's someone that you can find protection in. He's someone that you can find that place of, that he is your stronghold. He is your fortress. It's like if you imagine those really old, you know, fortified castles and they have the huge big moats around it and the big walls. That's who our God is to us, is he surrounds us and he protects us and he holds us and he holds us close. Um, I love that it says, um, yeah, he's my shield, my salvation. And you know, salvation, I know that we talk about it in terms of, you know, salvation, like that's such a common word. But the, the word salvation, he means deliverance from harm, ruin or loss. He delivers you, the Father delivers you from harm, ruin or loss and even in the midst of maybe your own relationship with your father or lack of relationship with your earthly father that's what he does is he delivers you from the harm from the ruin and from the loss it's so beautiful it then goes on in um, Psalm 18 to talk about how David calls out to the Lord I'm not going to read it it goes from verse um, 3 to 15 it's this huge chunk of when he says I cried out to the Lord and he answered me and then it talks about how I guess aggressively and intentionally 
God comes down and it says, you know, he flared his nostrils and he parted the skies. And it's this image of this God that is, actually, maybe we should read it because it's actually so beautiful. Have we got it there? Let me just get it up. Because this is what it's all about, church. Let me get it. All right, so we've got, hold on, let me just change the version. Beautiful. All right, so from verse 3, it says, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave curled around me, and the snares of death confronted me. I'm sure that we have all been in situations where we have felt that, and we have felt that moment of helplessness and hopelessness and loss, and then this is what he does. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. He hears your voice. He hears your cry in every moment, in every season, in every situation, even when you feel like he doesn't, he hears. I love that beautiful, he hears your voice. My cry came before him into his ears. And this is what happens when his children are in a state of distress. This is his response. This is our father. The earth trembled and quaked. The foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils, consuming fire from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherub and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced with hailstones and bolts of lightning. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemy. With great bolts of lightning, he routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed and the foundations of the earth laid bare. At your rebuke, Lord, at the blast of your breath from your nostrils. I love this. And then this is what, I'm just going to stop there for a second. So sometimes we feel like there's this God who is so distant and this Father who is so absent and, you know, He's he's away from us. But the moment, church, the moment that you cry, the moment that you're in a moment of distress, He is there. And I love that it says He was angry. He has an emotion towards us. When you are in a place of destruction, when you are in a place of hopelessness, that's not His heart for us. That's not not his intention for us. That's not his best for us. He hears that and he hears our cry and he comes and he comes so aggressively but beautifully to come and rescue us. If there's people here this morning that need to be rescued, if you're sitting there going, even when I said before that you feel like you're in harm, ruin or loss, this is what God the Father does and this is who he is and this is his nature. I love that we talked about, so in verse one and two, who he is, my strength, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my refuge, my shield and my salvation. And then from verse 16 to 19, we're going to read it. This is what he does. So that's who the Father is. This is what he does. It says, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of the deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. If you are in a situation that you feel like you're weak and you feel like you're not strong enough, 
that is so okay because when it is too strong for you, that's when he reaches down, he takes hold of you and he is the one who delivers you in Jesus' name. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. And then I love this. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me. Why, church? Because he delighted in me. This morning, someone needs to actually be reminded that your Father God delights in you delights in you. He's not angry with you. He's not upset at you. He's not disappointed in you. He delights in you. He delights in your story. He delights in what's going on. And I love that, that image. And that image is something that Benara and I, we refer back to that verse, um, verse 19, so often because it's such an incredible, beautiful image that he brought me out He brought me out of my distress. He brought me out of my fear. He brought me out of my bondage. He brought me out of my anxiety. He brought me out of my disease. He brought me out of my hurt. He brought me out of my hopelessness into a spacious place, a place that has breath, a place that has beauty, a place that is big and expansive and it's not encroaching and and like it's not um, claustrophobic. It's a big, spacious place. He brought me out of where I was into this incredible place with him just because he delighted in me. Like how incredible, not because you've done anything, not because you've said anything special or not because you've proved yourself or you've got all the right boxes ticked, just because he delights in you. If we actually understood that church, that the God of the universe, the God who breathed and, you know, just spoke and galaxies were formed, hears your cry, comes down so beautifully and passionately, rescues you and brings you out into this wide expanse of beauty and the world just because he loves you. Just because you are his, he is your father, you are his son, you are his daughter and he he sees you in your moment of weakness and he says, do you know what? I will rescue you, I will draw you out, I will reach down in your distress because your your voice comes into my ears and I hear your cry and I've got this for you, this beautiful wide open space Oh, who wants to be in a dark and dingy box? No, thank you. Wide open space any day of the week. And in my head, I mean, it might be different to you, but in my head, it's like just this beautiful expanse of like farmland and rolling hills and beautiful nature. And you can smell the sweetness in the air and you take a breath and it's like, it's all good. It is all good. There's that moment of release. And in our spirits this morning, if you need this, it is so available. And it's not just for the moment of salvation. We have to keep coming back to this church. We have to keep coming back to our relationship with the Father and realizing that this is what He does. This is what He does every single day of our life. He doesn't want to keep you in a little dark and dingy box. He doesn't want to keep you claustrophobic in a corner. He wants to bring you out into a spacious place. He wants to rescue you in your time of need just because He delights in you. I really, really love that. 
so much. Actually, I have a quick video to show. Is that all right? Just, just to break up, just to break it up. Let's have a look to the screen because if this is what earthly fathers do, how much more our heavenly father. This is really cool. So good. So that video is called Dads Are Awesome. And I love the reaction of a dad to do whatever they can to try and keep their child from harm. And even if it meant them getting wet and even if it meant them, you know, rolling around in the ocean but holding their baby up so they weren't getting wet. Like that whole idea of as a dad, your whole, you know, thing is to be protective and to try and keep your child from harm. But how much more, like I said, these are our earthly dads and we know, you know, you guys are not perfect. You still have faults, you still have failures. How much more with our heavenly dad? When we look at that verse about what he does and how his whole heart is to come down and rescue us, his perfect heavenly father heart for us is to always rescue us, is to always step in, is to always shield us and surround us. And I love that. I love that video. And I love that it's such a cool representation, but even more so of our heavenly God. Um, Let's move on. So Psalm 18 verse 29. So we've looked at who the father is, what the father does. And then this next bit is, well, what does that mean for me? If I know who he is and I know what he does, how does that influence and impact me? Um, So Psalm 18 verse 29 to 30 says, With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. So when you know who your God is and when you know who your heavenly father is, it means that you can advance against a troop. It means that you can scale a wall and you can have such trust in him that he is faithful and his word is truth and his way is flawless, that you are in safety when you are in him. I love that it's all about when you know who you are and there's this story and I was trying to look for it and I couldn't find it and I hope that you guys remember it. It's like this old fable and it's about this mouse and this mouse is in the jungle and he's cowering and he's and he's really scared and this lion sees him and he says, what's wrong? Why are you so upset? And he says, well, none of the animals want to be my friend and none of the animals um take notice of me when I walk when I walk into situations. They all just ignore me and reject me. And the lion says to the mouse, well, that's okay. I'll be your friend. And the mouse's face lights up and he thinks, oh, really? The king of the jungle wants to be my friend? The lion's like, yeah, come on, jump on my back. We'll go and we'll, you know, we'll go walk into the jungle together. And so the mouse climbs on the lion's back and he's <laughs> cute. And And the lion, the king of the jungle, is walking through the jungle. And obviously all the animals' heads are turning and they're all noticing him and they're making way and they're, you know, clearing the path. And the mouse is sitting up on the lion going, oh my gosh, like they recognise me. They notice me now. And the mouse thinks that it's because of him, but really it's because of who he's with. And I think that with us and God, you know, we can have this fear and we can have this insecurity when it comes to just us alone. But you know that when you're walking with the king of the jungle and when you know who your father is, you can have such confidence and you can have such security in him. It's not about your inability, but it's about his ability. The mouse wasn't insecure to sit up on the lion's head, 
because he knew who the lion was and he knew that it caused attention and it caused people to notice. With our God, it's not about us being insecure in terms of, oh God, I'm not good enough. I'm so weak. I can't do this or I'm not good at this. It's about understanding that with him, with your father, your inability is just means nothing compared to his ability and your strength and your security is found in your relationship with him. I love that it's um, when you're secure in him, you can be secure in you. And this is something that I, I have, again, I'm so blessed with with my dad that I never had a father that said, oh, no, you can't or no, you're not good enough or don't try that, Charlotte, because you might fail. My dad was always so encouraging. He always spoke bigness over me. He always said to me, you know, there's something about you, Charlotte. You can go for it. You've got it. You've got, he always said, you've got that X factor where, you know, like, but just so encouraging in terms of he believed in me. And you know that as a little girl and as a teenager and now even as an adult, that is so significant in me going, do you know what? I can do it. My earthly father believes in me. I talk, I go home and I talk to him about school and I talk to him about my world now. And he never says to me, oh, sounds like it's a bit too hard for you. Maybe you should give up. Like he is always so encouraging. He says, no, you've got this. You can do this. You're there for a reason. You're there for a purpose. And for me, that gives me courage, that gives me identity, but how much more so with our perfect heavenly Father. Church, when you know who He is, when you know how He thinks of you and what He believes of you, you should be so secure and you should be so confident in the fact of, I can sit on His shoulders and I've got this. I love that it says, I can advance against a troop, I can scale a wall. Why? because my God is with me. Of course I can do it. I love it. I love it. It's so cool. All right, we're moving on because we're going to run out of time. So Psalm 18, we're moving down. This goes back to what he does again. Psalm 18, verse 30 and 34. So it says, He shields all who, all who take refuge in Him. For who is God beside the Lord and who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my arms, hands for battle and my arms can bend a bronze of bow. What else does he do, church? He doesn't just reach down and rescue us, but when he rescues us, when he takes hold of us, when he brings us out into that wide open space, he doesn't just leave us there then to fend for ourselves. What does he do? He trains our hands for war. He trains us how to live lives. He trains us how to to think and how to discern and how to read his word. He trains us. And that's what a good dad does is he comes alongside and he sets you up for a win. You know, our, our heavenly father doesn't want to see you fail. He doesn't want to rescue you and pull you out, whether it's from sickness or disease or financial loss or whether it's, you know, even, you know, brand new salvation. He doesn't want to just rescue you and then leave you where you're at. His heart is then then you are trained and that you are able and you are equipped. I love that. He's the one who makes your feet like a deer. He causes you to stand. He trains your hands for battle. Your arm can bend a bow. I love that. It's so good. So, so good. All right, verse 35. We're moving just down a little bit. This is really cool. And this is something that's quite significant. Um, and the point, I actually probably haven't been saying the points. I don't know if I've been saying the points. Anyway, that's okay. You can take your own points. Whatever you feel like the Father is talking about, write it down. <laughs> that's, that's your points. That's your three-point sermon. 
just get it from him. Um, no, so this bit, it goes on and talks about, because um, he's talking about God. So in it, he's saying, he does this, he does this. And it's all about kind of talking about God. And, you know, there's this moment with the father where it becomes not just talking about him, but talking to him. And the intimacy with your father is in the conversation. The intimacy with your father is in those moments when you sit and you wrestle and you question and you ask. And I love this. It says, so David then is talking about God and he turns his focus and he says to God, you make your saving help my shield and your right hand sustains me. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give way. I pursued my enemies and overtook them. I did not turn back till they were destroyed. I crushed them so they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. You armed me with strength for battle. It's acknowledging him. You humbled my adversaries before me. You made my enemies turn their backs in flight and I destroyed my foes. They cried for help, but there was no one to save them. Um, but he did, oh, the Lord, but he did not answer them. I beat them as fine with a windblown dust. I trampled them like mud in the streets. You have delivered me from the attacks of people. You have made me the head of nations. And I think that there's these moments where, and I remember with my dad, like, you know, dinner time conversations were a huge thing. You know, like I said, family moments were a big thing now in our household where we'd sit and we'd eat together. But then even after the eating, we would have conversations. And it's in those moments of conversation that that intimacy and that relationship is built. It's the same with our God. We can talk about Him all we like. We can read the Word. We can, you know, talk to other people about Him. But until you have that moment of intimacy and conversation, conversation with him that's where the relationship is formed church and do you know what sometimes we avoid it sometimes we don't sometimes we find it's easier to just talk about him but the moment that you start to talk to him you get to know him and you get to acknowledge who he is I love that that the intimacy is in the conversation and it's not just the Holy Spirit it's not just Jesus but the father heart of God the father heart towards you and getting to know you and getting to know your situation that's the moment that is so powerful that's the moment that you know even if you haven't had that experience with your earthly father you know when you are with God the father and you have those moments of conversation that intimacy and that's where that identity is built the identity is built in the intimacy you can't be confident and stand on his shoulders if you don't know who he is so good and then this is the last point the end result Verse 49, so we've seen that he acknowledges who God is. He says, you're my shield, you're my salvation, you're my refuge and my fortress. He calls to God, he's in distress. God comes, he rescues him, he pulls him out. He said, this is what you do, God, you rescue me. And then we see that he then trains us. He trains us for war, he trains our hands, he sets us up for a win. And then I love that the conversation then goes to him acknowledging God, God, this is what you've done. And then this is the last bit. This is what it's all about, church. Therefore, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing the praises of your name. He gives his kings great victories. He shows unfailing love to his anointed, to David and to his descendants forever. The end result in all of this when you've been pulled out of your distress, when you've been pulled out of wherever you're at, you've been rescued, you've been healed, you've been saved, 
the end result is recognition of Him, praising, taking a moment to stop and say, God, you are good. Even in the midst of everything, you are good. And then the recognition of His unfailing love. That's it. In the midst of everything, to know that your heavenly Father has unfailing love for you. And that moment of praise, that moment of stopping and giving thanks, that is the testimony. That is what causes others to stop and see. That is what causes other people to go, who is this God that you're talking about? Who is this heavenly Father that has rescued you? Who is this person that has done all these incredible things? That stopping and that recognition and that praising and going, God, I just want to take a moment to thank you, to share my testimony, to speak of your unfailing love. That then is what causes other people to see. And I think, church, that we have a responsibility to be a good representation of the Father. I think that our world and our city and our workplaces and our families need to an understanding of what the, who the Father is. And I think that comes back to us. How are we praising? How are we taking recognition of His unfailing love? How are we stopping in the midst of our situation and giving thanks to Him for what He's done? Because if we are His hands and feet, if we are His mouthpiece, we have to actually be that. We have to actually be a representation of the Father and say, do you know what? He's not mad at you. He's not going to smite you and smoke you like a get you with a lightning bolt if you walk into church. Like, that's not my father. My father hears your cries of distress and he rescues. That's who he is. He comes and he saves in Jesus' name. I love it. It's so good. And I just want to bring us back to this verse because, like I said, I feel like this is a significant moment. The Father God and I mean, there's so much that you can say about him. There is so much about his character and the goodness of who he is. And you can't, I, it's, it's difficult to represent and it's difficult to, to say inside of a sermon because you've got to experience it. I think you can hear my words and, and that's great. But unless there's a moment of actual experience with this is who the Father is, um, this is who he is to me. This is what he's done. I can speak out of experience, but you guys also need to experience it for yourselves. And I just encourage you, like, there is nothing like sitting with him. There is nothing like those moments when you let your walls down, you're real, you're honest, and you're not faced with disappointment and you're not faced with harshness, and you're not faced with anything like that, but you're faced with somebody who comes down, reaches down, and draws you out, and brings you out into a spacious place. He rescues you because He delights in you. And you might not, you might be sitting there thinking, I don't need rescuing, Charlotte. I'm, I'm fine. Like, I've got a good family. I've got a good life. It doesn't even have to be moments of, you know, severity of being rescued. It can be just moments of when you have those moments in your days and you just feel down or you just feel discouraged or you feel like maybe finances aren't there or you get a bad medical report. Like, it doesn't matter to God what it is because it's you. And it doesn't matter to him if it's something huge or if it's something small or if it's something that other people might think is insignificant, but it matters to you. It matters to God because it's you. And that verse, verse 19, he brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. 
And I just really feel that that is something significant for somebody or maybe many people here this morning. And if you get anything out of this morning, church, anything out of who the Father is, take away that verse. He rescues you. He brings you out into a spacious place because he delights in you. The Father God this morning delights in you, in your heart, in your personality, in your world, in your everything that's like you. And it's not the person next to you. It's not the church. It's not, it's have it for you. Like actually have a moment this morning for you because I really believe that if we actually understood who the Father was to us, and we actually understood who we are in Him and that safety and that security, we would look and we would act and we would respond and we would walk and we would probably talk very differently. There is still too much insecurity in the church. There is still too much insecurity when it comes to us not knowing who we are and what we bring. We've declared it as a church this year that it is a year to roar, godly confidence, Church, are we roaring? Are we actually? Because I want to challenge us that if this is our roar, maybe we sound like little mice (laughs) cowering in the jungle. And you need a reminder and you need someone to come along, the king of the jungle, to say, get up on my shoulders. Get up on my shoulders, Celebration Church. I've got this. I'm your father. I'm good. I'll look after you. I'll draw you out. I'll rescue you. It's all good. And I think that when you know who you are in your father's love, for me as before I got married, Charlotte Thorpe, I knew who I was to my dad. I was confident that every time I came home, there was somebody who consistently loved me, consistently supported me. I was confident in that as a, as a young girl and as a teenager. Now, as a holiday, I have that with two incredible men in my life. I don't go cowering around to the holiday's house being like, is he going to accept me today? Like, I don't think that because my father-in-law accepts me. He loves me. He welcomes me into his home. I have confidence when I go around there. It's the same us with, with us, even more so with our Heavenly Father. And I just want us to take a moment, church, because this is the greatest I think the greatest key in the kingdom, but also one of the things that we so underplay when it comes to knowing who our heavenly father is and our relationship and our confidence in him and what that means and that how that affects us and how we carry ourselves. So I just want us to take a moment, if you would church, just close your eyes if you feel comfortable. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Just with every eye closed, just take a moment, church. It's Father's Day. And in the midst of all of our lunches that we've got to go to and the gifts, let's take a moment to spend with Him, our Heavenly Father.
For those of you feeling weak this morning, your heavenly Father is your strength. For those of you feeling vulnerable, he's your fortress. For those of you feeling helpless, he's your deliverer. For those of you feeling like you're suffering harm, ruin or loss, he's your salvation. And he comes like the good God that he is. He holds you. He draws you out of deep waters. He rescues you. He supports you. And he brings you out into a big, wide, beautiful, open, spacious place. Because of his unfailing love for you. I speak identity over you right now, church. Over the lies of your earthly fathers. When you haven't had the best representation of a father. Or when there has been failures because no earthly father is perfect. Holy Spirit, I pray in this moment that you take off people's wrong filters of who you are based off what they've experienced. And I pray, God, for a moment of healing. And I pray for a moment of restoration. Even for the dads in here, even for the dads in here that you have the wrong filter when it comes to your heavenly father because you don't feel like maybe you're a good father and you feel bad about yourself and your actions. We just declare truth in Jesus' name. We just declare truth, God, that you are a good God, that you are a good dad. And I pray for open hearts and open spirits in this moment. Father, that they would jump on your shoulders again. Onto the shoulders of the king of the jungle. And they would realize that their lack of inability means nothing because of your ability. God, that they can be so confident in their sonship. They can be so confident as your daughters when they stand on the shoulders of their heavenly father. And I just want to take a moment with every eye closed. If you feel like you're in a moment where you need rescuing, bring it back to that verse, Psalm 19. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. If that's you this morning, but specifically for giving your heart to the Father, that you've never made that decision to follow him before and to become a Christian but you're sitting there and you feel like you need to be rescued. If you want to put your hand up and say, yes, Father God, come and save me. Come and rescue me from all the things that I've done and the life that I'm currently living. 
and I want to know you as my Father and as my Saviour. If that's you this morning, whether it's for the first time or whether it's the second or third or hundredth time, it doesn't matter. But if you would like to come back to God this morning, come back to the Father's heart, just put your hand up where you are so I can pray for you. Awesome. I see that hand. Thank you. Awesome. You can put it down once you put it up. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Awesome. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father God, I thank you for those people that put up their hand. And Father, I thank you that this morning that you will reach down and you will rescue them because that's who you are, that you will bring them out into a spacious place, God, and that you will lavish your unfailing love on them. Father God, I thank you that you are healer, that you are restorer, And Father, I pray not just for those people that put up their hand, but for anybody in this place this morning that needs a fresh encounter with you as Father, that you will open up their hearts, that you will open up their spirits. Father, that they won't leave this place unchanged, God, but that they will reach out to you. They will call out to you this morning in their hearts. Father, I thank you that this is what it's about, relationship with you, intimacy with you, understanding of who we are in you, God. And I thank you that from this, that our praise and our testimony draws other people to you, Jesus. I thank you that other people in our city and our world see the goodness of who you are in and through our lives. Holy Spirit, we just pray again just for a godly confidence in our church. God, that we would rise up on your shoulders and we would know who we are and what we bring, that we would be so unapologetic. Holy Spirit, I pray for any insecurities in the room this morning, any doubts, any fears that says I can't. God, we just speak your truth that you are for us and that you are with us and with you, we can advance a troop and we can scale a wall. Holy Spirit, I pray that you rise us up afresh this morning in the confidence that you are our Father and you are a good good God. We love you so much, God. And just to know you, just to do life with you. What a joy and what a privilege. In Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you come up here, husband? Why don't we all stand, church? If you do want prayer for anything, whether it's anything that I spoke about or just in general, we will keep the, you know, the room open and you can come down the front and one of our team will come and pray with you. We always want to make room for that if that's what you're feeling that you need. But do you want to say anything? Do you want to pray for us? No. All right. Well, we'll commission you out. So if you are standing with a family member or loved one, you can grab their hand if you feel comfortable. Otherwise, you can put your, huh? Family member or loved one? What? Partner or husband or wife or whatever. Otherwise, you can put your arm around someone's shoulder. I will just send you out.
In Jesus' name, awesome. Father God, we thank you again for what you're doing in our church, God. And right now, we bless our incredible church family. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you be with them this week. We ask for protection. We ask for provision. We ask for incredible God encounters. Father, I pray for revival in their workplaces and their family. God, that they would have incredible moments of um, speaking about you, Jesus. And I thank you, God, that what you have for us and what you're doing is only just the beginning, God. We want to see more. And so we send out our incredible church church family now, the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go and enjoy lunch. Dads, enjoy your meat pies. Enjoy your fun. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.